my name is Iva Blair. Welcome to Obscuro Animation O, and where I talk about the most obscure animated productions. to talk about the a film. This film has a, a kid trying to save the jungle, pearls that are protected by aliens, and pink elephants. We're going to take a look at the 1988 animated film, David and the Magic Pearl, also known internationally as David and Sandy. The film was directed by Signal Danishlowski and Wiesław Zeba. This was actually a, a Polish-Swedish co-production. It was produced by Film Polski and AB Zemvang Film Industry, and the animation was provided by Polish animation studio Studio Minotaur Filmowicz, which has done a lot of animation. So, yeah. And... What I have over there is my brother, Will. Hello. So, yeah, Demon and the Magic Pearl was a film that we watched when we were little kids. We saw it at the video store, and the as the film was dubbed in English in 1989. So, yeah, Dave and the Magic Pearl. It's a... it's some movie, it's... Well, I think it's terrible. Yeah. I mean, the... the the plot of it is... Okay, let's start off. So, it starts with the this song. Copyrighted, copyrighted. This song sounds like it was sung by Angelica. We can't show it because of copyright. That it somewhat explains the plot. And David's microphone is not attached to anything. And then there's the bird, Sandy. He's an eagle... And then there's Pips. Yeah, the thing about the theme song, it just sings so cheerfully about David and Sandy. And then there comes Pips, the beagle, who looks more like a bloodhound. It just... And there comes David, and there comes Sandy, and there comes Pips, the beagle. Who cares about him? It's all very strange. Yeah. And it gets stranger from there. Yeah, aside from the dance sequence... So, and then it start, and it really starts with David narrating about his situation. And you're gonna hear his narration a lot throughout the film. Incessantly. Yeah. He won't shut up. Yeah. He doesn't take a breath for an hour. He always points the obvious. And David sounds like a certain rug rat. Here are the things David and Chucky have in common. Number one, they have red hair. Number two, they have glasses. Number three, they are both voiced by the same voice actor. So, David is voiced by Christine Kaminad, who later went on to voice other red-headed characters who wore glasses. Using exactly the same voice. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so his dad comes out of the house, and... He starts exercising, and it's 
one of the most awful bits of animation that I've ever seen. So he just goes up and down, and the way it's animated is so jagged and looks like a blob of jello. Yeah, and and then he he also s- smokes, which David points out that. It's bad to smoke! Mind you, he never stops. No, that's the running gag of the whole thing. They come in and have breakfast, and then there's his mom, who's, um, has a rack? Yeah, well... All all the female characters do. Yeah. Ridiculously drawn. Yeah. Yeah, I assume they probably only have a vacation in the jungles, because his parents probably work in the adult film industry. (laughs) I assume they were drug dealers. Okay. Um, or mercenaries. Yeah. So David's having his birthday party, and so his mom brings him the cake, and his parents have a surprise for him. Th- there's a basket in a bow, and you know what it is? It's a puppy. Yeah. So David gets a puppy named Pips. Yeah. This Pips. Isn't that what you call orange seeds? Mm, really? Oh. Maybe I'm forgetting. Yeah. And then it cuts to a scene of an eagle family. And... They are recurring characters. And this is where we're introduced to Sandy. They interact and his dad just flies off to get something. And then we're introduced to the villains. So there's Fawn Dawn, who is a rather vulturous poacher... Which, they they never say poacher, just... And her gorilla sidekick, Samuel, who looks like the mascot of a spyware site. And they work for this guy named Mr. Steelmore, who looks more like a Carmen Sandiego villain. Like a 30s gangster. Yeah. So, yeah, they capture all these animals, and... And then it just cuts to the the family... Yeah, that's the problem with the story. It just gets jumbled all over the place. And then there's the aliens. They're, throughout the movie, they're never referred to as that. It's, they're called spacers, which makes me makes me think of an eraser. It rhymes with eraser. Yeah, they're, they're these egg-looking aliens, kind of. They kind of look more like toys, and they they protect these pearls, which is the part of the the title. Except that it's not really one pearl, but it's just six pearls. So throughout it, it cuts between David and then Fondo until so he plays around and he finds out that the animals are captured. They're in cages. He's very upset about it. Yeah. And the only one who's not in the cage is Sandy. Yeah, he eventually takes Sandy into his family. Who are strangely receptive to new animals coming into the house. Yeah. Particularly since they they don't believe anything he says. Yeah. Strangely. Yeah. And then... David devises a plan to free all the animals, which he does... And then he finds the one of the spacers, and they go to this temple, which looks more like a clown temple. He, he keeps comparing it to a to a carnival or something. It it seems very random. Yeah. There seems to be no reason why anything happens in there. Yeah. So they go through the through this magic mirror, 
and they see all this what looks straight out of the Atlantica from the Little Mermaid. And so they find the, the pearls, which are then put into this little container. It kind of looks like these, these little candy egg containers that you would find on Easter. So yeah, there's some stuff. And then, so David frees the animals and more of them. And then he puts Fondo in a cage. Who then has an epiphany, apparently. So David lets her get out of the cage and then she changes clothes. From there, she becomes a Mormon. <laughs> yeah, she went from this really skin tight clothing with the stockings and stuff to this, to a shirt that covers her chest and, and has a skirt. Yeah. And then Mr. Sealmore gets into the the jungle and okay, so David hides the the pearls inside the, the temple, literally under a rock. Yeah. And then he gets into some and then there's more random stuff that seems to be there just to pad out the film. Eventually, Mr. Steelmore finds the, the pearls in there, and he just hires a, a demolition crew that seem to come out of nowhere, and they start demolishing the, the jungle. And David's parents finally notice... I mean, throughout it, they, they, they just didn't believe that the poachers were there, and yeah... But apparently a demolition crew was enough to convince them. And so... Okay, so Mr. Steelmore and Fondo in the, are in the temple and... Fondo tries to fight him and then it cuts to a scene that just is... It just comes to a scene that's just very messed up. It just... Yeah, she, she's just cuts straight to her crying. Yeah, it's almost like that she was sexually assaulted. Ugh. Anyways, this is where it gets into the climax, where David, Pips, and Sandy, the a pink elephant, who on the VHS cover, it seemed like he was important, but he only becomes important like near the end of the movie. Doesn't even have a name. So yeah, they get the, yeah, they do this back and forth on the, to get the pearls and then the... Samuel, the the gorilla, who who by the way, gorillas are apes, not monkeys. Yeah, as he was repeatedly referred to throughout the film. So yeah, he gets the the pearls, and then they're thrown off. What was it? Yeah, it was, it was either thrown off or I don't know. It was rather confusing. By the end of it, I was so disinterested, I was zoning out. So David and his pals escape while he, Mr. Steelmore ends up being trapped in it. And then everyone is friends at the end, including Von Doe. And, and it ends with David promising to Sandy that he'll always visit them. And then this is then followed that he'll eventually leave in the summer. The end. Ugh. Gosh. You know, we watched a lot of movies when we were kids. 
I mean, not every one of them was good. I mean, I remember it, but my brother doesn't, which is good. I think I blocked this one out. Eh, no kidding. Um, yeah. The care. The thing about David and the Magic Pearl is that the. Uh, it, it's just. The characters are bland. It is. And the. The only characters who were kind of entertaining was Air Doe and Mr. Steelmore, but that was just kind of more in the vein of unintentional hilarity. And. Yeah. So. I'll. However, the boring plot is contrasted with how nuts it is. I mean, it's it just gets weirder and weirder. And, yeah, another bit about it is the animation. I mean, the majority of it is very sloppy. And, and there were some points that, where there was obvious frame skipping. Like, for example, the... One scene with Sandy, you can obviously see one frame missing. There's one point where he basically disappeared. Yeah, although that's nothing compared to the facial expressions. Yeah, every time they open their mouths, it's just like, ah, and ah. Everything's terribly exaggerated. Yeah. And then there's the way... Yeah, David, his... Oh, man. It's just so horrifying. Like, there's his... The way his eyes are... They're just so messed up. Like, yeah, the way his eyes are drawn, they're like little colon commas? It's just... Maybe. It's very strange. Yeah. And then there's the way the, the, the women are drawn. It, apparently, Fair Doe is supposed to be sexy, but for the way it's she's designed, it just kind of looks sloppy. It just... Most of them are drawn very... David's mom and Fair Doe are drawn very voluptuous. There's various scenes throughout the movie, especially Fair Doe, where her boobs and... Her butts kind of nearly emphasize as being shown in the male gaze. It's just bleh. the way the here's the thing about the the plot. It just yeah the spacers thing. It's yeah the, the weird thing about the spacers. The movie makes it look like it's a well known fact. Yeah. They don't explain anything. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. And the villains know that they exist. It's it's never known why this is a thing. Yeah, and another thing that's never explained is how the heck did they get an island home? It just, well, it's not like... Yeah, it's not like David's parents are biologists or... Something that would justify them being having a home in the jungle. It just it never mentions it. We don't know. They're most likely rich, rich jerk offs. We're on the run. Yeah. Um, so, were there any uh, parts of the movie that you liked? Mostly uh, unintentional. Mostly the theme song. Oh, you liked the theme song? I mean, more of an ironic sense. <laughs> Man. It's just so kooky. I mean, 
Also, the way it places Pips. Yeah, the dog. Pips in the, throughout the movie is kind of treated like he's some sort of unwanted stepkid, kind of. I mean, the way, especially in the theme song where they say Pips is maim in a rather cruddy sense, like, ah, Pips, that dog needs to be shot. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the movie was when it was over. <laughs> Do we have examples of the Polish one? Yeah, it's right here. You know, I've seen a bit of the original, one of the Polish version, which, by the way, it's actually available legally on YouTube and most likely has a DVD release in Poland. Unlike here, the, the film never had a, a DVD release. It was only released on home video from Celebrity, Home Entertainment once, and that's it. The only... It actually does not have a DVD release in English-speaking countries in general. And the thing about the, the, the song and such, the music... For the, the film is completely different from the the original non-English versions. How so? Yeah, the, the, the music is very different. Like, Do okay. we have examples of the Polish one? Yeah, it's right here. I can't play the music because of obvious copyright issues. Well, you know, to be completely honest, I think I liked that better. But it could just be because I didn't understand what they were saying. And also because it probably sounds like a certain 80s band. Uh, Which one is that? I don't know. No, wait, it sounds like Cheers? No, no. The Carpenters? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Also, yeah, another difference between the, ver the, between the original Polish version and the American dub was that the so, David's narration was made entirely for the dub. So you're telling me if you saw that film in Poland, you didn't have to suffer through the incessant talking. Yeah. Well, we, we should have saw the movie in Poland then. Yeah. It's, there's no subtitles. I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. Well, there's a... Hmm. Another thing I remembered from the VHS one was the, the previews that were at the end. I mean, celebrity entertainment videos were... They usually opened with the, a kid before the, the movie. I mean, some copies of Demon the Magic Pearl has that, but not this one, apparently. Um, but, but out of the movies I remembered... Let's see. There was only a few movies I saw. Which was... Oh yeah, Snoozles! Yeah, remember Snoozles? I do not. That was an anime we saw when we were little. I, I think I must have blocked that one out too. We, we had it on VHS. It's, it's not that bad. It's pretty charming. Just, I mean, not as bad as David and the Magic Pearl. It doesn't get much worse than this. No. And then there's Yanosh. Now, I recall we rented it once. The, what did you think of it? That was... Well, Yanosh is a pretty good. I just... Yeah, I recall we only rent... We rented it on VHS once from a video store. I don't exactly remember which video store. I don't recall him the video stores that we frequently went to having that. I, I think a babysitter rented it for us or 
something. I don't know. I, I was sick once. Might have been from a video store we didn't frequently go. Silver City or... I think there was another video store that might have been called Silver something. I, I remember... We only went there a few times and I... I remember being upset when it was closed. It was... Yeah, it was in that spot that used to have been the library or... No, no, no. I I think it's now a an office space or something. <sighs> so... Yeah, that was cruddy. Um, well... Did we ever figure out what those aliens were made out of? Because sometimes they're glowing like they're radioactive. And then sometimes they stop glowing and they kind of look like they're made out of metal? Plastic? I, I think they were metal. They just only... That were glowing. Glowing metal. Yeah, or glow sticks. <laughs> only one of them looks like a glow stick, though. I think this might be uh, the origination of cancer on Earth. It's the spacers coming with their forward oh. radiation. Oh gosh. Oh, yeah. Is this the subplot of the whole movie? Is this why they're all acting so goofy? Because they're next to the radiation and they can't have coherent thoughts? Oh, yeah. Um, now, yeah. Now here's the... Speaking of weird... There's the temple. I mean, there's a lot of weirdness. It sometimes it looks like a carnival, and then, yeah, David at some point meets these magic, these statues that are varying levels of the known aliens. Like, one of them looked like E.T., although the rest I, I just didn't get. Although, you said one of them looked like a smurf, right? I think one of them might have been a smurf. Or perhaps a garden gnome. Or perhaps some creature from an obscure Polish cartoon that we never heard of. <laughs> it could be that they were all Polish cartoons. Except for E.T., of course. Yeah. Unless there's a Polish cartoon who also looks like E.T. I doubt it. Although there is a Turkish E.T. knockoff. Maybe this was it. Yeah. Maybe this was his big cameo. Got it. Um, yeah, what was the point of it? Just show that the... The aliens have protected the pearls for years? You'd think, though, that a alien race that has the technology of, you know, at-will spaceflight could have figured out a better way of protecting their marbles. Yeah. They, as you said, they put them in an egg carton. Yeah. This seems a little short-sighted. Also, the, the main magic pearl is kind of sort of a misnomer. For one thing, there's like six pearls. Kinda. There was... What kind of a magic was that? I mean, okay, they probably brought in a a computer to life, but what was the other magic powers? Pulling stuff out of your butt, like Deus Ex Machina? Perhaps that's what was going on. Yeah. Now, David has kind of a long-form hallucination at one point, so yeah. perhaps the magic of the pearls is that they're... Uh, yeah hallucinatory effects. Or maybe this entire movie was not real and that David is just hallucinating. I, I mean, his parents talk about his big imagination, which seems to be more like uh, mental illness. They may all have mental illness. Yeah, I mean, oh, his parents hide away better. Yeah, there, there's a scene in the movie where, yeah... 
where his dad talks about leaving his imaginary friend, and he he just laughs about it. it Maniacally. Yeah. It's not laughing how... <laughs> ah, that was dumb. It's more like horrifying. Also, the thing about David and the magic pearls and... What jungle is this? I mean, it makes you think that maybe it's South America, yet there's elephants and rhinos. And eagles. Yeah. And then pink elephants. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of weird colored animals throughout the film. Do you, do you think the pink elephant's a, a uh, homage to the pink elephant scene in Dumbo? Maybe. And there's this one time at the beginning of the movie where the a pink elephant swallows a butterfly. Or, no, I... The butterfly went up its... Their nostril. Yeah, like all the way up the trunk. Yeah. And then his ears turn into butterfly wings and that is never explained it, I, th I think it's further evidence that the entire movie is a hallucination yeah or a dream or something mm. yeah and then there's parts where it got nightmarish <laughs> how the villain meets his fate it's just wow it's just horrifying yeah he gets in through the mirror and then gets trapped and then gets perishes yeah yeah his name is yeah, there's a thing about the memes in this movie. They're just really dumb and obvious. Like, Mr. Steelmore? That's pretty ham-handed. Yeah. That's also ham-handed and kind of clunky is the the environmental message. Because it's almost, it's almost like they're trying to make one, but it's just half-hearted. Yeah. They never deliver. You keep wanting it to happen, but yeah. it never does. Yeah. They can't even deliver on their preachy environmental message in this animated film. And the way they call the the animal poacher is weird. They call her she calls herself Oh wait, you you thought that you're looking for another animal wrestler? What the what was that? It's either, yeah, the, the dialogue in the English dub is just kind of poorly written. And sometimes they get the memes mixed up. Like, one point, they called Pips Pups. I guess he is a puppy. Yeah, but that's the only time they ever refer to him as that. It just kind of makes it more like, wait, is this Pips or Pepsi or something? <laughs> Yeah. Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's bits in the movie that's that's just not very convincing. Most of it just came off as very unbelievable. It, it wasn't very believable. Like the way David interacted with uh, Sandy. It just... And the emotional moments were just so... They want you to feel it, but it doesn't work it's just it's just more like a a shut door it is i'm completely uninvested in them as characters yeah and Ferdo, her heel face turn is also just not very believable is it just takes her in a cage to re oh wait i've been doing this all wrong and 
Yeah. Ten minutes in a cage, and she completely reformulates her entire outlook on life. Yeah. And personality. Yeah. And wardrobe, as it turns out. Yeah. And she's now gets along with Samuel, despite the fact that she basically mistreated him throughout the film. It was like, he was, yeah, she was like, forced him to do manual labor. It was like, you dumbass. Oh, yeah, she, she treated him like a slave. Yeah. And now they're friends. Yeah. It's a very understanding gorilla. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, we rented a lot of stuff from the video store. Is there any other movie that tops uh, this one as far as in the negative category? Or is this or is this the bottom of the barrel? Well, not totally bottom of the barrel. I've seen worse stuff. Would this perhaps be in the top ten of the worst animated films of all time? Mm, nah, more like top fifth, bottom, bottom 200. Bottom 200? Yeah. Solid, solidly in the bottom 200. Yeah. I know you mentioned the uh, the uh, directors earlier, right? Yeah. I mean, have, have, did these did these uh, fine people go on to uh, you know pollute people's minds with other animated features, or was this their the entirety of their animation career? Uh, uh, I didn't had a Wikipedia. Well, we could look through Wikipedia, IMDb, actually. I see. Let's see. Do, do, do. Oh. Let's see, Zygnu Stanislavski did Bullock and Bullock. Well, Around the World with Bullock. He was an animator background artist on it. Bullock and Lolik is a, a beloved animated series in Poland. From the 70s? Mm. Well, actually from the 60s, and I've seen some of their mm. shorts, and it's very good. And mm. then there's... Oh, he did the Water Babies? The Water Babies was an animated... It was an animated live-action hybrid from Australia. Hello, this is me from the future telling you that Water Babies is actually a Polish-British co-production starring Lionel's Jeffries. Now back to this. Was it a uh, film or a television? It, it was a movie. I see. And then, let's see. The last thing he did was Mickey Mole and Strasny Plasis Silo, from, which was in 1996. There's no English dub of it. So as it turns out, this person went on to pollute people's minds uh, before and after this. No, I, I wouldn't say polluted. I mean... Looks like only one credit as director, though. This was... Yeah. And writer. This was his one shot. And we saw Zeba. Uh, he's still active. Well, he did a TV series called Jim to Nice Willis Satoki before this. Um, yeah, that one was about animals. And... He is a credit as recent as 2016. Yeah, he... And did Triumph Panacleska, which was a movie that was released in 2001. That was his only writing credit, aside from Jeff Wilkin and Sotoki. And he was an animator for a 1982 short called Oras. There's no image. And he was went on to be a layout artist. Yeah, storyboard artist for Triumph Panacleska. Yeah, David and the Magic Per well, that wasn't the only movie. He also, aside from this and Chenda Nice 
Wilkinowish, Satoki, and David the Magic Pearl. He went on to direct Mashtina, Guizada, and he did Hip Hip Ihara, an animated series I've seen before that's about a hippo and a weasel. There's no English dub. And the, he did Zipper Pompic. Let's see, I gotta take a look at that. Okay, that was about animals. Oh, it's about a family of buffalo. Huh, you don't usually see them as main characters in animation, especially in a in American animation. <coughs> Isn't that ironic? Yeah, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, I mean, buffaloes are one of the most well-known animals that are native to America, and the only depiction that where they're depicted as main characters is in this animated series from Poland. And it, it's actually pretty cute looking. It looks like it's based off of a series of books. And it has a Wikipedia page, only in Polish though. And that's the only language it's in. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be that well known outside of Poland. Oh yeah, and aside from Christine Kanavanon in the English dub, there's also Frank Welker as the cave tiki. That's what they called the this the statue head that had a deep evil voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the very stereotypical ominous deep voice. Yeah. And those are the only credits that are known on the IMDb, but there's a uh, more credits on there. Uh well, well credits that are on Wikipedia and IMDb. They are actually not there are no English voice credits in the film, but you can tell who's voicing who if you're familiar with a lot of animated series. Yeah, they, they used to have production companies on s separate things. Oops. Um, let's see, how long is it? Okay, gotta wrap this up. Um, well, there's one last thing, which is the company credits. Okay, let's see, it only... Huh, interesting. It had a theatrical release in the UK. It never had a theatrical release here. It was only released straight to video. Well, I tried to look up the company that was responsible for the distribution, Filmar. I I tried looking for it. It turned up nothing. It was... Uh, and this company, Poulton, that might have been the company that was on there. It was... Yeah, that's their one and only production. Um, apparently, they are actually the, were the home video distributors for it in Poland. And then there's... Hmm. Ah, Zenk Industry, which was the company that co-produced it and did the Swedish dub. And they distributed a lot of films in Sweden, such as Spider-Man, Far From Home, Pulp Fiction, Lord of the Rings, Fight Club, Mad Max, Fury Road, and Seven. I have a feeling they don't count this one amongst their uh, successful... Ah, there it is! Elder. Okay. Huh. That was their one and only movie. In here's Studio... Minnesota Film Witch. Yeah, by the way, they did the animation for the Water Babies. It was a mostly Australian production, but yeah, they outsourced the animation to Poland. Although, couldn't credit under there because it was under the USSR at the time. And they did animation for Billy the Cat, I mean, for outsourcing. And yeah, they did a lot of, they were a prominent animation studio in Poland and they're still around. Looks like they uh, produced a lot of things. Yeah. Pretty prolific work. Yeah. They did one about Rance Kafka. Have you seen that one before? Uh, no. I I was just looking at it. A little western. Huh. Ah, 
yeah, there's their most well-known, one of their most well-known theatrical cartoon series, Palma Suyov Doromir. Oh, I have seen this one, Rexio, but that wasn't made by them. And there's their latest animated series, Mommy Fatale, which is mostly tell fairy tales. Mommy Fatale is actually about an old woman who moved from the city to the country and she helps animals. Okay. And let's see about Bill Polsky. They've also distributed movies and some certain movies in Poland, such as Thumbelina, Don Bluth film. Ah, mm. uh, yes, the Razzie Award winner. Uh, a movie that's often been mistaken for a Disney film and is now owned by Disney. Talk about cruel irony. And let's see, Nirinal. We've been talking about uh, you know related work to the. Uh... People who made uh, this David and the Magic Pearl film is there? Uh, is there any group of people uh, that you would specifically recommend this film, David and the Magic Pearl, to? Well, who 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 do you think might actually be interested in this film? Um, people who would just like to have a riff out of it. Oh, just a just just a watch and uh. Make make a rip track and just uh, complain about the film and yeah, point out its its uh, shortcomings that yeah. sort of thing. Uh huh. Well, I think this would certainly be the kind of film for that. Yeah. It certainly lends itself. Yeah. I would just only recommend it for rental and then just that's just it. Don't buy it. If it was on DVD, don't buy it. Just watch it on the internet. Well, this has been a wonderful trip. Yeah. Well, see you next time, and is there any final words you want to say? Uh, well, uh, I don't know if I should say thank you for showing me this film again, because I didn't particularly enjoy it. But I suppose now I know a film that I will continue to avoid. Yeah. As much as possible. Yeah. Especially films that we watched as kids. Probably best to avoid most of them. Yeah. If they're utter crap. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. The theme song provided for the podcast is Silly Intro by Alex Nakarada. It is a Creative Commons license with full attribution. Recording this, we made a, a lot of goof-ups. Here they are. Hello. You have to speak a bit louder. Oh. Tries to save the, the jungle from a kid. Well, from the jungle. Yeah. Oh. And that this kid, his name is Sandy. And he's singing... On a microphone that is not attached to anything. I thought the bird's name was Sandy. I mean, David. David. Oh. Well.